Hi, and welcome to the Thinking Cosmically podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gentry, also known as Cosmic. We're now in episode three, and I want to give a quick thank you to uh, my previous guests who came on to the last episode, Scott Fisher from the APL Fisher YouTube channel, Chris from the Smokescreen YouTube channel, Jason from the Daily Dose of Internet, and the creator of the Neonium YouTube channel. Thank you all for coming on to the show. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'm happy you're here, and thank you for joining me in these discussions. Today's talk will be focused on scarcity, and how it may be more of an illusion than you might think. We have grown up in an economic system that has thrived off of the notion of commodities being scarce. And though there is validity in that claim, it hasn't taken into account a broader system's perspective. So let's take a look. What would you say is the most valuable commodity on Earth? Is it diamonds? Gold? People or animals? Is it love? Is it food or water? What makes something have value, given that it is invariably subjective? What one person may think is worth a million dollars, to another, they wouldn't even pay a penny. Before the industrialized world, Earth provided for its inhabitants for millions, if not billions of years. Nature provided us with food, water, and a place to live while we were floating into the unknown in our tiny spaceship Earth. Forget about money for a second and really think about that. The Earth and all of its resources were common heritage for everyone. Every animal, every human, and every creature that ever lived before. But something went wrong. Systems were established and began monetizing nearly every single resource that nature provided to us abundantly without a price tag. So why is it that a majority of the world is still in poverty? Why are children still dying of hunger? Why do we waste so many resources in a system that claims scarcity? According to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's annual homeless assessment report, as of 2017, there were approximately 550,000 homeless people in the United States on a given night. 2.5 million children are now homeless in America each year. As of 2014, there are roughly 18,600,000 vacant homes in the United States alone. 18,600,000. Of course, a lot of these individuals have severe mental health issues, including children, which is another tangent that I won't go into now, but I will in upcoming podcasts. But I really want to emphasize how scarcity, in this instance, is completely manufactured. This may be difficult to try, but here's a way to think about it. Is shelter, a human need, really that scarce? I mean, the houses are there. 
Think of it as just resources. All of the materials, the plumbing, the structures, it's all there. Just sitting empty. Why? Or the better question would be, do we have the resources to house humans that are in need, given that we have 18,600,000 vacant homes? Yes, we do. This is clearly the result of profit over people, which is fundamentally built into the monetary system. Estimates from the USDA's Economic Research Service shows that Americans waste roughly between 40% of the food supply. That's approximately 133 billion pounds of food just in America. Every day, more than 16,000 children die from hunger-related causes. In mathematical terms, that's one child dying every five seconds. In 2013, Americans wasted roughly 100 million tons of glass, metal, plastics, and other recyclable materials. I mean, you can see how this is incredibly wasteful. It's mind-boggling when you think of how long this has been happening. But money is being made. Is this the scarcity that they are talking about? 100 million tons of resources that went unrecycled. This is how the market thrives. Scarcity is a good thing for the market. Not too scarce, because then the system becomes destabilized. The economy is most optimized when it is in balance with a sense of pressure, scarcity, and that keeps fueling consumption. Meeting human needs, such as shelter, water, and food, is an external factor from the well-being of the market's efficiency. Again, profit over people. So let's say that we were to meet all human needs, given that we have the resources to do so. It would remove the market's scarcity pressure, and the consumption would stop. Now this wouldn't be very logical for business, would it? I asked Russ Catalano, the marketing director of the Divi app, who is also a travel enthusiast and photographer on Instagram. Here's his thoughts on the topic. I'm Russ Catalano. I want to thank Cosmic for having me on the Thinking Cosmically podcast. I believe the current state of technology in regards to energy, food, and water is vastly dependent upon social class. Energy is abundant to those who can afford to harvest it. Food and water have the same issues. I think as individuals, we need to look at the technology that we currently have and implement it based on need and not social economic class. Either if it's Puerto Rico's electricity grid, Flint's water system, or Nigeria's famine, we need to stop asking how much we can profit on this technology and start asking how we could use it to ensure that everyone has the same abundance of these basic human resources. I completely agree with Russ. I mean, this is a systemic issue that really can be solved if we applied our technologies to human issues. Anytime you hear someone say that we don't have enough money to fix XYZ's problems, that should raise a red flag. We do have the resources to set into motion 
with the current capacity of technology, the ability to feed, house, clothe, and provide all energy needs to every human on the planet. We don't have to correlate human needs and planetary issues with monetary terms. This is a resource problem, and we have the resources. Take energy, for example. Non-renewable energy since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution is what makes everything go round right now. But think about it from a cosmic perspective. We are in this tiny, tiny, tiny ball with a limited amount of non-renewable energy sources. We're currently depleting them. This method for meeting our energy needs will, in time, be depleted. It is in fact that we will need to move to renewable energies. But why haven't we? If we were to use Earth's natural heat with geothermal technologies, we could provide more power than we would ever need. A study from MIT found that Earth provides 13,000 zettajoules of power. To put that into perspective, the total energy consumption of all the countries on the planet make up only a half of a zettajoule. That's 0.55% a year. The study also showed that we could supply the entire world's energy needs for the next 30,000 years from energy 10 kilometers below the U.S. alone. Earth receives 23,000 times the energy demand needed for humans just from solar alone. We also have wind and hydropower technologies. It seems completely illogical to still be using fossil fuels when looking at our current technological capacity. I mean, this is something that we can implement now. But once again, this wouldn't be very logical for business. Business. Not human health, or planetary health. Monetary health. This really gives you an idea of how the monetary system irrationally perpetuates all the negative attributes that we see in our cultures. We are more concerned about GDP and growth than the environment and human health. Growth equals consumption. Consumption equals depleted resources. This is not a good thing. It's only good for the efficiency of the market which is just a system, a system that is outdated. If that is hard for you to hear, then let me ask you this. Do you really think that this is the best system for humans and for the planet's health? According to the Agriculture Organization, nearly one billion people suffer from chronic undernourishment. Theoretically, if we were to take the land that is currently being used for crop production and we replaced it with 30-story indoor vertical farming systems, the output of food would be enough to feed over 34 trillion people. Now we could, in theory, using UV purification systems and desalinization plants, provide enough clean water, essentially, forever. By applying these technologies, 
Given that this is our reality, I hope you can see how the monetary system can be more suppressant in terms of pushing humans forward than we might think. Now imagine a system that favored human collaboration instead of competition. Planetary health instead of monetary gain. Applying technology to human and environmental issues instead of years of politics and passing laws that can be broken. And people who can be bought and paid for. Imagine science guiding with technical efficiency, determining our next moves in correlation with the caring capacity of the planet, instead of opinions of politicians battling back and forth, manipulated by elites and controlled by an outdated system. Imagine humans, again, being in a symbiotic relationship with all living things and declaring that the Earth and all of its resources are common heritage for everyone. This planet is our only home. Let's live like it. Thanks for listening to Thinking Cosmically. If you find this podcast valuable, please support it by subscribing, sharing, and discussing it with others. You can also leave questions in the comments for a chance for me to address them during a podcast. You can find all my music at CosmicBeats.com, K-A-Z-M-I-K Beats.com, or on YouTube. Thanks again for your support, and keep thinking cosmically.